0: to the rise podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week we'll be sharing tangible direct advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. week on Rise, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing former first daughters and number one best-selling authors, Jenna Bush Hager and Barbara Pierce Bush. It is not very often that a little girl from Weed Patch gets to interview someone who used to live in the White House. This was an incredible conversation and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. You know what I thought would be interesting is I think that most people will assume that they know you, even though they don't. So I would love to ask you what I ask every single guest. If someone has never heard of you, how would you describe yourself and your life up until this point?
1: Well, I'll start. Um, I'm Jenna, and I and we'll introduce ourselves, even though I'm sure you'll get to know that we have very different voices. But I think that's where I would start, is that I was born with a twin, and that maybe people did assume from birth that we were um, needed to be very different. And I think Barbara and I were compared a lot as little kids. But we were born in Midland, Texas, which is back then in particular, was a very small town in West Texas where my my grandparents, Harold and Jenna, lived. Our grandma, Jenna, still lives there. She's 99 years old. And um, we had a very interesting childhood because it was a juxtaposition of very normal and also extraordinary because when we were born, our other grandparents were vice president of the United States. But I think people saw that public side obviously much more and assumed that that had a bigger impact on our lives than our other grandparents in our texas childhood where of course that was our day-to-day riding our bikes on the sidewalks to our grandparents house and our jenna and harold welch were very much part of our life even though it wasn't public and they have no airports named
2: after them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's how I would describe my childhood. Barbara? I guess I everything Jenna said remains true for me since we are twins and have lived very similar lives, especially when we were younger. I think I would describe myself as a dreamer and um, I have extreme curiosity I love getting to know more about the world and other people and that has led me to pursue a career in global health and it's led me to uh, work in the United States and in many other countries as well. Um, So I guess I would describe myself as a dreamer and then also a problem solver which is why I think I ended up working in global health as I have a huge desire to solve problems.
0: So you grow up with these childhoods. I think um, I love – already I love just that insight that there was a whole part of your lives that people don't tend to see or think about because obviously you were someone before Your father became president. (laughs) You had Mm -hmm. a life and you had family. Um, How then did things shift? I mean, I can't even fathom. I don't think any of us can fathom what that feels like to make that big leap. Do you, like, what do you remember of that time period and how do you feel like that shaped who you became as women?
1: Well, I don't think the leap was that huge because I mean as I said our grand our grandfather was vice president, but at the same time, you know, we went to Austin High School. We um we shared a old used car that we drove there every day. So we did have a really normal childhood up until we were 18. And I think it really speaks to our family's and our parents desire to keep our childhood normal. And and really the fact that we wanted it to be normal, that we were shocked when our dad told us he was going to run for president. Cause really people had asked him before at Texas Ranger games in front of us, like George, when are you going to run? And I guess Barbara and I just blocked that out. (laughs) Um, Or we just heard just like many, many teenagers. We heard what we wanted, wanted to hear. And, So when he sat us down in Austin to tell us that he was going to run for
2: president, our reaction wasn't very good.
0: Yeah.
2: We had a, we reacted very poorly, like two 16-year-olds. We both burst into tears when he told us that. That's something that twins only can do, which is cry (laughs) in unison.
1: (laughs) It's a a wonderful um, skill that only twins can do. And then we told him he was going to lose, which was, (gasps) was we regret. We've apologized since then. Um, and, and, but I think pretty quickly after he was elected, we realized that there is this amazing privilege in living history and that the good far outweighs the bad. Um, and so even though we may have started out fearing it prickly, fearing the change, you know, I, we were, it's, we're, We know how lucky we were um, because the experiences and the exposure that we were able to see to travel to all of these different countries with our parents and meet tons of different people really influenced our lives and changed the trajectory of of probably both of our lives.
0: Gosh, I I love that idea that you are able to recognize even earlier, like, you were li- you were living history. I, um, my family and I have recently moved to Austin from LA, mm. and so right now I'm reading this huge book of the history of Texas because I don't know anything about Texas history. And well, how we're will- jealous, and we can give you all of Great. our favorite tell Austin us spots. Go. Tell me where to go for breakfast <laughs> we'll, tacos. We'll tell you everywhere. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I I I love that. Um, To be able to take a step back and acknowledge that as it's happening, even so young, um, what a privilege that is to get to be a part of something so massive. Um, I'm curious how that shaped like, you know, Barbara, you said you're a dreamer and I'm a dreamer. So the first thing I thought of when you said that was how does being a dreamer and also having this massive spotlight on you simultaneously work does that give you courage to dream big dreams and do big things? Or is there you know, some fear of failure because people might watch me stumble? I, I say that because so many of the listeners own small businesses and there's are a lot of fear of taking a step out and doing something different and having people notice them if they make a mistake. How did you guys navigate that? Because you both have some pretty big, noticeable careers.
2: That's a great question. Um, I haven't actually really thought of it in that way. We, I, as Jenna was saying, we were so lucky that when our parents were in DC and when our dad was president, we were 18 to 26. And so at that time, that's really when you're trying to figure out how you fit into the world. And so for me, I got to, I went to six continents with my parents and I really got to travel all over the world. And That opened my life up in a way. That type of exposure opened my life up in a way that I could never have guessed and couldn't be more grateful for. And so it also led me to figure out what I wanted to do with my career, which has been working in global health and has been, as I said, very focused on, I guess, dreaming about what the world could look like and then working every single day to try to achieve that. And, um, and it's been that's been incredibly fun and also incredibly difficult because health systems are complicated for sure. And I think I, with that type of exposure, it was almost like I couldn't look away. I never felt this fear of other people watching me. That was not ever what, um, I guess I didn't have a fear to act because that wasn't what made me fearful. It was more like, am I making the right choices? And ultimately... You know, there is no right. And I think for me, realizing that global health was what I wanted to work on at a young age was so an incredible gift because I didn't have to wait a long time to figure out my purpose in the world. Um, I got to figure that out when I was young and made plenty of mistakes and continue to in my career. But for me, it was more motivating to think, you know, I want to do this. I don't want this to be on my to-do list forever. That motivated me more than any fear of failure. Because um, I think my fear of sitting on a good idea and not acting on it was actually
0: bigger than a fear of failure. That's so good, uh, Jenna. Can I ask the same question? Cause sure. you Have a pretty public life. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, I, I think, I think one of the gifts that our parents gave us, which which also helps shape who we are, is that one they allowed us to see the world and really see the world as Barbara said, it's such an influential time in our life, so that it'd be hard to just sit back and not take action in some way. So I was a teacher after I graduated from college. And then eventually, and and now working at NBC on the Today Show, which was a giant leap and a strange one, because for many years, you know, we ran quite literally in some (laughs) cases from the media. Um, We wanted privacy and we wanted to be, normal. Um, and so to take that leap and believe me, people ask all the time, like, that's such a strange, how ironic <laughs> and how strange. Um, but at the same time, I've always loved to tell stories. I was on my high school, um, newspaper. I loved to tell stories as a little kid. I loved creative writing. Uh, I loved still to write. Um, and I also think because I've, Seen the world and seen different situations. That it's it's a privilege to be able to tell people stories. I find it that way. I feel like it's an honor, um, and I also am not one. The, the the best gift that our parents gave us that was that we didn't need to live up to some sort of perfection. We didn't need to be you know perfect first daughters. We weren't um, at all, and and they weren't. They didn't you know chastise us for that. I mean, I think mistakes have to be made in life. And and so I we didn't we don't fear perfection. You know, we don't fear that the need to be perfect. Neither Barb, Barbara nor I do. I mean, I think we both know that we're going to stumble and we both know we're going to fall and we're we're because we have each other. And because we have parents that allowed us to kind of find our way without making us feel too bad for mistakes, or bad really at all for making mistakes, because I think that's part of human nature, I- I'm happy to to be able to shine a light on people's stories. I feel like it's a privilege, and knowing that mistakes are going to be made, um, that if they are, I have a great source of support in and- and my family and-, and my friends, and that I'll pick myself back up again. And I think that's good advice for anybody out there. I mean, perfection is really boring. And (laughs) none of us, you know, I don't, I'm so glad our parents didn't expect us to be perfect, because I'm not sure how I could be a parent. Um, I would be either guilt ridden constantly about my own parenting. um, Or I would raise my girls to feel like that they needed to be some sort of version that's not really themselves. Because I think Perfection is also something we cannot live up to. Uh,
0: Such good wisdom. Uh, I love hearing the storyteller aspect because y'all have a book.
2: Um, Mm. (laughs) I'd love to hear
0: about the process of writing that and why you decided that you wanted to tell the stories that you told. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
2: Definitely. So we about, I guess we wrote it about a year and a half ago. And um, and it, we'd always played around with the idea of writing a book together, and we thought that it would probably be a children's book. Um just I've written several, and we can write them fast, yeah. and Barbara and I are. Bi- we both have other jobs. Yes. yes, so we thought it might be easier to write a children's <laughs> book, and then um, we ended up deciding to write Sisters First the day after the last election, actually. I went over to Jenna's. We live four blocks away from each other in New York, and I went over to her house to watch the election results come in, and it got later and later, so I ended up spending the night because Henry, Jenna's husband, was traveling for work. And the next morning, we woke up together, and her little girl, Mila, came and woke us up. And I think, first of all, she was shocked to find me in bed where her dad usually lies. Yeah. And um, and we realized that morning we, we were going to have a meeting about our book and realized that we've woken up together after so many election nights and after so many bigger world events like elections and smaller events that were really meaningful to us that wouldn't have stood out to anybody else. And through everything, we've had each other. And so we went to our meeting and ended up deciding to write Sisters First Then, which is a book of personal essays and stories about our life that, as Jenna said earlier, about us living in Midland in the desert when we were little. And then also, of course, you know, the exposure that we got through our grandparents and parents. And we really decided to do it because... At that point after the election, we just really felt like regardless of what political party you were in, women were not treated well in the media. And we have been so lucky to have a partner in everything that we've done um, because we were born twins that it allowed us to be a lot more brave and feel so supported in whatever we were doing and wanted to share our stories of sisterhood that I think hopefully are relatable to people that have sisters or that have best friends that are like sisters just around having each other's back and and allowing each other to dream more and be bigger because we were supported in doing so
0: hey guys we're going to take a quick break while we're gone listen to these awesome things we have coming out from the Hollis Co. I think you're going to love them as much as we do Friends, the Start Today journal, round two, is officially available for purchase on the HollisCo.com website. Now, if you remember last time, we sold out of the first round stock in 24 hours. So we're really excited about the holiday offering and three new gorgeous covers for you. You've got to check them out. If you're not already familiar with our journals, it is my daily practice of gratitude and intentional goal setting it is why I feel like I have been as successful as I have both personally and professionally because every single day I start my day focusing on who I want to be and where I'm going if you don't already have your journal or if you want to grab some for your friends for holidays be sure and check them out on the Hollis Co. website what was the hardest part about writing a book together? Because I write by myself and that's hard enough. And I'm always curious about people who do it in tandem. How, you know, do, do you, are you reading each other's stuff? Are you giving each other advice? Like, what mm-hmm. was that process like?
1: Well, I've, I usually write by myself and I have to tell you, you should find a twin because um, <laughs> i right on that. <laughs> find a twin that remembers every story about your childhood <laughs> because writing together was, so much fun and it was actually quite it made it, made it enjoyable and and not easy because there were actually you know we t- we wrote about things that were hard to write about but it because our point of reference is so similar because we were, you know, the same age at the same time during these same huge life events, we really could discuss about what made, what impacted us, what made us feel one way. And they were different, of course, but we both remembered the details of them. So um, we were able to, you know, twice the brain power. We remembered details and would help kind of the other in remembering certain situations and where we were and how it made us feel. And usually we felt pretty similarly about them. And so it was really fun. And, and I, our, our writing style is very different. So, you know, we didn't want it to be too sort of sister, sister. Um, yeah. and it's cliche in any sort of way. And I, and I think it, it turned out great because we didn't need to, you know, have the same points of view. We didn't, our, I think it's pretty easy for people to read and know who's speaking or who's writing because of the way that we write. And I think most, you know, most importantly, we were just authentically ourselves, and 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 it was fun. It was fun to do it together. It was fun to have a, a personal history exploration. I really encourage anybody to do that. Ask your family members stories from your childhood and write it down because. There's something really empowering about owning your own story.
0: Yeah, I love that. You are – you're both in – your story right now, you're both in – pretty interesting seasons. So I know, Jenna, you have young kids. You have a very busy, demanding job. And Barbara, you just got married. The dresses, I mean, like, just to be a creep for a second, because I follow you on Instagram, girls. Uh, The dresses, congratulations, because you just looked gorgeous. Uh, That feels important to say. But uh, you're both in, in really unique seasons of your life. And I'd be curious to hear what you feel like, like, what is helping you thrive right now? Not survive, but what are the things in your life, like the routines or the habits that our listeners can glean from you in these seasons that are really helping you be your best selves?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I just have to say about Barbara is that what's so ironic is that a year ago, we were on this book tour. And <laughs> a year ago, when we were in Atlanta on this book tour, she met her husband. I met him on the book oh tour. Oh my on the book gosh, tour. how funny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think one that you know, life can change super fast and in beautiful and wonderful ways, you know, and that's magical to know for anybody listening that feels like. And and e- even a year ago, we were had a conversation with Condoleezza Rice in San Francisco, where the book ends where I where I write and say that people stop me all the time and ask Barbara, ask me why my sister isn't married. And oh. now a year later, she is. Oh. So I think, um, <laughs> and we had a conversation with Condoleezza Rice, where she said that people ask her the same question, oh, which come is, on. you crazy. know, well, know we she's were so
0: unaccomplished. So you can, understand. yeah, exactly. Good they have nothing better
1: to ask. Good grief! <laughs> but so I think um, one, you know, to know that life can change in magical and and and, and in heartbreaking ways too, and so to keep. The little things in perspective is a really good thing that helps me thrive as a mom of two wild little girls. Um, I'm sure you understand since you have four children. So many kids. Um, <laughs> I have so many kids. <laughs> you have a lot of kids. I need your advice. But I think you know, as a parent, it's really important to to not let the little things bother you. And sometimes it's easier said than done. And I just got this really beautiful advice. Um, And I was interviewing Roy Feek for the Today Show and he said he had kids much he had basically a kid adult kids now. Mm -hmm. He has adult kids and so and he raised them on his own. And during, you know, with those kids, he said he would be changing diapers and just think, Oh, I have to change another diaper. He'd be doing the tedious tasks that are part of life and but the things that can annoy us or feel, you know, like a task. And that then he had he has a little daughter a two-year-old Indiana who was born with Down syndrome and she's a darling little girl and he said um with with Indiana with Indy I've realized that you know the changing of diapers is life
0: Mm. these
1: little tedious tasks that can feel annoying are only annoying if we feel that way if we look at them like wow this is a beautiful part of life you know changing a diaper or or reading to our kids and not letting the task of of parenthood seem like a task but just seem like the joy and so I was so moved by that it was something that I've shared with a lot of my friends and my husband and it's something I try to do with my girls I try to make the every night nightly routine not feel I mean even though it is a routine I'm strict but make it feel (laughs) to me like something beautiful and glorious and my favorite part of the day I know that I want that to be the feeling my girls remember
0: yeah. as
1: opposed to like, you know, the grumpy mom who's
0: tired, which c- could be the way I actually feel. Sure. That, I, <laughs> I, one of my mentors told me a story recently about when, he was a, when his son was younger, his son was like seven years old and he was somewhere in public and he was frustrated with him. And an older man looked at him and said, you know, when he turns eight, you'll never have a seven-year-old son again. And when Aww. he turns nine, you'll never have an eight-year-old son again. And that just hit my heart so hard. I was like, oh, I'm sorry to all I my kids. I'm going to love <laughs> you at this age. Well, wow. I think it's,
1: you know, and even the other day, Mila came and got in my bed in the middle of the night. And I didn't even, I don't even, I was too tired to look at the clock, but I knew it was dark out. And I'd been traveling all week and I was worn out. But I thought to myself, like, in some age... She's not going to want to get into bed yes. with us. And so come on in and, yes. you know, kick me and play with my nose and <laughs> stay up until, you know, <laughs> until yeah. 5 a.m. if that's what you want to do, because life is pretty short.
0: Yeah. Barbara, you're, you're newlywed. How's that going? What sage marriage advice can you offer us for this, the long well, amount so of time far, you've been married? <laughs> from
2: two weeks into yes. the marriage, it's been really fun. And I think it's more fun than dating. Actually, I said that this morning to a lot of married people and got a pretty great reaction. Um, but it has been wonderful. And I think we're, you know, just turning out super excited and figuring out what habits we want to do together and something that we do every day so far is we go on a walk together every day um, because we both love to be outside and it's just a fun way for us to talk and walk about and talk about our day. And it's been, I hope that that remains a habit of ours. And then something else that um, I actually do with my dad that I love and has a lot, I really feel like it's allowed me to thrive for the past few years. And my sister started doing this with us a few months ago. Uh, Um, A year ago. (laughs) A few months ago.
1: No, remember on the book tour, he started doing it because he felt guilty. After the book tour.
2: Um, So my dad and I, every night before bed, we both read this, and now my sister, she's in the club. Yes. We both read this meditation. Um, It's by Sarah Young, and it's, um, it's actually a Christian meditation. And so I read it before I go to bed. And then every, night, every morning when I wake up, my dad will have sent me a text from that kind of summarizes it and he'll illustrate it with emojis. Yeah. And I love it because I have it waiting for me every single morning when I wake up. And there's not a question. Um, you know, he, he doesn't say like, how's your day? He sends this and says, I love you. And it's just something that I wake up to every morning that's totally steady. And I love it because it it's just a reminder every morning that I'm supported from him. And so now Jenna's joined us and our aunt has joined our text chain as well. And, um, and I think it's a beautiful way for us to stay in touch with each other in our busy lives, but also just remind each other that we're there, uh, you know, and make sure that everyone we love knows that we have their back. And so that's a habit that I've loved and we're doing. And now I'm, trying to bring my husband into that. Oh, is he going to join the chain? <laughs> he might join the chain. I feel like everyone
0: listening probably wants to join the chain. <laughs> I know, you can join the chain too. <laughs> Feels like you could have an act yes. from that somehow. Uh, the uh, I'm curious, as you said that, is how big a role has faith played in your lives up until this point? Is it, a, is it sort of a touchstone that's there? Or it's a big part of your life? Or just because you're reading a, a Christian meditation, I'm That's a good question. So uh, for me to answer, I mean, I think faith
2: plays a very big role. We grew up, um, our parents are both uh, very faithful, I would say. And so we grew up with um, church being a big part of our life. And then as an adult, I feel like I've had my own journey figuring out how to incorporate spirituality and what I believe in my life. And and I've loved being on a journey of figuring that out. And I feel like I'll always be figuring it out. Um, but I do, you know, I read this Christian meditation every night and, um, and love the community that faith provides as well. And I do, I think it's something that I'm always trying to learn more about and figure out other ways to embody it in my life. But I think spirituality plays a huge role in my life.
1: Mm-hmm. And mine too. I mean, I think... One of the things our mom used to say to us when we were little is, I don't care what you believe in, just believe in something. And I think. Ooh, that's um, good. I think we had, you know, we also had this routine of, of church and a, and a really loving, accepting one. Um, and I go to a church here in New York City that has that same feel, um, slightly different, but an accepting one. And it's been, a, and my friend Savannah from work, goes with me and our kids are there and I think it's a really beautiful place to meditate and think about life and slow down and and just make sure you're keeping thing in, things in perspective but I would say that that text chain does the same thing it's starting the day with faith starting the day with knowing you're just a yeah. small part of a bigger th- world and that our you know voices yeah. can be used in good and to do good um with love being the um with love, be, to lead with love. And I think to have that, to yeah. wake up to, as opposed to like a thousand work emails, because I have that too, because I wake up really early for work and my day starts early and it starts <laughs> furiously. But for that to be the first thing I read when I get in the car, when it's still dark outside in New York City, it, it puts everything in perspective. And I think it's important as for me as a, as a human, but also as a mom, that I'm letting my girls figure out how to go on their own, I hate the word journey, but their own faith journey um <laughs> their own faith yes discovery yeah. um allowing them to believe what they want to believe and and but hopefully with the cornerstone of love
0: i am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas? The food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most, whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit traveltexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's traveltexas.com slash get your own. To me, being healthy Yeah, I, I love I love what you said, Barbara. The idea of being at a, being in an age now where you're asking questions and still trying to figure things out. I think for those of us who grew up in the church, we were told mm-hmm. the answers. And it was like a beautiful experience and such a foundation of my life as well. But I love that um, I feel like my faith got richer when I started to actually ask questions and figure out how this Mm -hmm. manifested for me, not just the sort of the way that I was raised by my parents or my grandparents before them. So I dig the idea that um, we're trying to figure it out. And I think what will be interesting for those of us who are raising kids in this generation is... What does it look like to raise children with a foundation of faith, but not um, maybe mm-hmm. the dogma that a lot mm-hmm. of us grew up? And by the of. way, I feel uh, like our because, church
1: does that. So there are churches out there that yeah will give that sort of open-minded. You know, you don't don't you don't have to believe exactly what I believe in. There's a lot of them. Totally,
0: but yeah. Yeah, no, and I love it. I just think it is a it's a conversation. I mean, this is what we sit around and have with our friends so much now, is like any of us who grew up in uh, in every walk of faith, it's sort of like, well, how does this manifest now? What does this look like in my life? And um, I love the, you know, love being the cornerstone. I love thy neighbor is actually a tenant of the Christian faith. I know a lot of people forget <laughs> that, but I love that idea. So I, I appreciate y'all's perspective. Um, what is what's next for you? I mean, what do you have? <laughs> you're, not that you're not doing anything now, but what is what's coming up in your lives that you're really excited about and that you're you're looking well, forward to? Hopefully,
1: a nap. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. We've been up since but she's not the kidding. crack of dawn. Not, not kidding. Um, no, oh, I mean, no, I mean I. We're I'm still you know working away at the Today Show and um, have some fun things coming up, but um, really just continuing
2: the work. I mean, I can't think of exactly what's next. We're excited to. We had a lot of fun writing Sisters First, and it was the first time that we got to work on a project together, but in a not more the last professional way. And so I think we're excited to plot about what we can do next with each other. Um, I will say it was also one of the best things that could have happened for our relationship to get to work on something together, particularly something creative together. And so we don't know exactly what's next, but we're plotting about that Mm -hmm. right now. But it'll be good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I bet. How do you how do you take care of yourselves? How do you do, you know, self-care is something that women struggle with so much. Do you have a, a habit and a routine for that in your lives so that you can operate at the high level that you're needing sleep. to operate at?
2: We love sleep. We're very sleep-driven creatures. <laughs> sleep I is so that. important and
1: neither one of us get enough of it, but we try. We love it. And we love it. And there's t- there's certain... Evenings because I have to wake up super early when i'm in a i'm in bed before eight o'clock, and it is a beautiful thing <laughs> and yeah. then
2: i this is barbara i um I have a major routine I work out every day I do um yoga or I dance because I love dancing and it's a really fun thing to do right when I wake up to go to dance classes and smile and listen to cheesy cardio. It starts my day very well um, <laughs> and i I actually got certified to be a yoga teacher this summer um, because I just wanted to know more. And it's been extremely grounding for me as someone that travels all the time to have a practice that I can do in New York or wherever I am. Um, And then we both love to laugh. I'd say that that's probably our best form of self-care is laughing a lot Mm -hmm. and laughing loudly because it really can turn everything around.
1: And not being too hard on ourselves, too, I think. Especially, I mean, in parenthood, I could be guilty all the time. I travel a lot. But I think just to enjoy the moments and dance and laugh, as Barbara said, um, when I'm with my kids as opposed to feeling guilty about not being at work or being away or whatever it is. I I think all of, you know, a lot of times women in particular are too hard on ourselves. And that if we just let some of the stereotypes go or some of the labels or some of what we think we should be go, it's it's much more fun
0: you know that that makes me think of i i travel all over speaking and one of the questions that i get so often because i'm usually talking to working moms is uh this idea of mom guilt and uh, you know we've sort of touched on that a little bit today and not that you asked for this but i'm just gonna say this to you really quickly um the, the uh, speaking as someone, my oldest is 11 and I really carried guilt for a really long time. because I was an entrepreneur and I was building this business and I felt Terrible, because you know I'm he, uh, the, here's the nanny, and I'm going to go out the door. I'm going to go on this business trip, and then one day I thought, you know, Rachel, you're either going to go all in and do this beautifully. You're going to go to work, and you're going to be at work, and you're going to kill it there, and then you're going to come home and kill it as a mom. But you feeling guilty or shameful in both places doesn't serve you. Oh, and yeah, it doesn't I've given away mom guilt so, since six months old. Yeah, babies for six it's, months. It's,
1: it's like
0: guilt isn't
1: a um a productive emotion. And the truth is my yes. husband doesn't yes. have guilt for working. Um so I let that go. Sure. I let that go a long, yeah. long time ago. Totally. Because I travel yeah. a lot too. And I could feel bad about it or I could be grateful for being in Malawi and getting to tell the stories of incredible women. Yes. And then also when I'm home, you know, I wanna I wanna have that same that same joy. Um, so yeah, no, I think mom guilt is a waste of time.
0: Yeah. And and I think too, like we as women right now in real time, especially you're raising daughters, I'm raising a daughter, we're showing them in real time what it looks like to be a woman. And I never want to teach these babies that you should pursue this dream of your heart. You should pursue something big for your life and also Mm -hmm. beat yourself up about it. So well, I think I just, there's I a love, really good you I know me, my kids
1: will say like where are you going? Where are you going because I come and go and come a lot. (laughs) Um, And a lot of times I'm not there in the mornings, and then I'm back for an hour, and then I go again, like today. And instead of saying I have to go to work, that's something I've changed recently. I'm mom, and and, you know, it's not even always I get to go to work, because I also don't want to create a Pollyanna view. It's I'm going to work. Um, and Because I think it'd be easy to be like, I have to go to work, but I'll be back soon. I want to just live joyfully so they can see what that looks like. I mean, they believe me, they're joy-filled. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I love that. Hey guys, I know that your schedules are bananas and I am so appreciative of the time that you took to hang out with us today and the wisdom that you shared with our listeners. And I'm really grateful to, you know, Jen, I've got to meet you on today's show before, but Barbara, I'm so excited to make your acquaintance. And I'm so excited that um, listeners, I feel like you are the kind of girls like we could just go. Well, have tacos. Let's eat like, some tacos. We could just, just go, go have tacos, right? Um, so I, yeah, I dig. I dig that everybody hopefully got a little bit more insight if they didn't already know you super well if they don't stalk you <laughs> on social media like I do. Uh, but tell them about the book. Tell them where they can find it, and where they can hang out with you if they wanna. Read the essays and and hear more of those stories that maybe they um, haven't heard well, before.
1: Well, y- uh, the book is called Sisters First. It's out now in paperback, and we actually wrote a new chapter about our grandmother, um, which is in it uh, as well. And we are go- we're on tour. You can go to sistersfirst dot com where. We're headed to Boston soon, uh, Monday, and then St. Louis mm-hmm. the, so following week. the following week. And, and we went on a pretty extensive tour with the paper, I mean, with the hardcover. So come see us. We'd love it.
0: Yes. Book tours are no joke. So drink <laughs> all the water. Take all the echinacea. Yes. Get your sleep. All thank right, you so ladies, much. Thank you Rachel. so much for your time. Thanks, Super Rachel. Super appreciate it. Get your naps We this won't, afternoon. but we'll go
1: to bed at 7.30. We'll go to bed early.
0: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Rachel. Right. Bye. Nice to talk to you. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, y'all. We should hang out on more than just this podcast, which means that the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure and type Rachel Hollis into the search bar and check out all the fun things we have going on on your favorite platform.